thinking is so important with our goals. So think about where you are, think about where you want to be, and think a little bit more about how you can choose to think intentionally about your future self and bring that into the present moment. If I was to summarize that whole thing, and it's fake it till you make it and convince your brain that you're already doing it and that you're there and you will get there much quicker, guaranteed. Hello, you are listening to the High Performance Nursing Podcast with me, Liam Caswell, where I help clinicians just like you take control of their careers and remove all the things stopping you from achieving your biggest goals. Let's dive in. Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're all well. Loving the month of January and loving all the beautiful feedback from you guys about the past two episodes about goals and pathways and planning and possibilities. Some of you slid into my DMs and you were like, oh my goodness, I feel seen. Thank you for opening up my mind to new pathways, possibilities and new options in your career. I love this idea of exploring career prison. What does it look like? And how can you just give yourself permission to unimprison yourself? If you haven't listened to those two episodes, go and listen to them as you set yourself up for success in this new year. What's happening in this month for us, me and my partner over here in Paris, we are heading off to the Moulin Rouge and recording this on the Thursday before it goes live on the Tuesday, being organised. And we're going to the Moulin Rouge tomorrow night, so I can report back on that. I'm sure that's going to be a cultural experience. I'm very excited. got two beautiful friends, actually Charlotte, who was on the podcast who does nurse anaesthetics in the UK and is a very senior critical care nurse and a nurse prescriber because hashtag goals and winning. She's incredible. She's coming over with her partner. They're having a kid-free weekend and they're coming to stay with us and we're going to indulge in all the beautifulness that is Paris. So that will be fun. I hope you have something beautiful planned for yourself moving forward. Today I wanted to talk about, we've talked about goals, impossible goals. We've talked about what's possible in your nursing career and I can see you just like edging at the end of your seat. You're like, well, come on, tell me. How do I make this impossible shit happen? How do I actually get it done? So today is titled How to Get Shit Done. Let's get shit done together. Let's make it happen. So first of all, before we dive in, I do just want to apologize for the audio. This is the best that I can do. I'm waiting on a mic to come. I did not bring my huge, (laughs) massive mic from Australia, so I'm sorry if the quality is a little bit not as good as it normally is. Apologies, bear with me. I am working towards getting a new mic and getting it here, and then you can hear my beautiful dulcet tones very clearly in the near future. With that aside, how do we get shit done? Now, I've told you, go and explore. Allow your brain to open up and be curious about what is possible for you. Think of the most impossible goal and go after it relentlessly. And then you're all sitting there and be like, all right, Liam, sure thing. How do I actually do that? And I want you to break it down into really simple bite-sized chunks so that our brain can manage it all. And what I came up with was these three things. Number one, we've got to get really good at thinking intentionally, get really good at planning, and we've got to get really good at feeling all of the things. You did not expect me to say those three things, right? Maybe the second one, but the thinking... And the feeling, you're like, what is he on? (laughs) What has he been drinking today? Coffee. (laughs) Strong coffee. So let's dive into them. I want you to think about where you are currently, this goal that you have, this impossible goal that you have. Where are you currently right now? And what does that look like? What are you thinking? Your current reality, what does that look like for you? What is the situation? What are you thinking about the situation that you're in? What are you feeling 
How are you showing up day to day about the situation that you're in? And what results are you maybe creating in your life from the thinking that you have that are creating the goals and the results that you have right now? As an example, I'm gonna use me and my weight loss journey this year, right? I talk about it as if like I've got heaps of weight to shed, but it's a goal for me, right? And you know, we hashtag no shaming goals here. So my goal is to go from, yeah, 103 kilos, I'm six foot two, so I'm pretty tall. My goal is to go from 103 kilos down to, let's say 92 kilos, right? That's a lot of weight, but I wanna be super fit and lean. And it's an aspirational, impossible goal that I have. So when I ask you, where are you right now? Right now, my reality is I'm 103 kilos. My thoughts about that are not great. My brain is offering me lots of things like, you're a heifer. get to work right lots of other nasty nasty subconscious things that it's offering me I don't feel that confident in my body and therefore I show up and I maybe don't dress well I don't dress as nice as I could I don't pay as much attention to the things that I'm eating and drinking putting into my body especially when I'm at the Moulin Rouge (laughs) don't tell my trainer and I'm probably sabotaging my own success right as I get down to the result what's the result of that well the result is that I'm 103 kilos that is my reality right now So I want you to get a picture of what that is for you. Then I want you to get a picture of what is the impossible goal in the future that you want to achieve. So again, in my situation, my impossible goal is to be 92 kilos, right? And automatically when I say that out loud and I tell all of you thousands of people listening, my brain is like, God, you better make it happen. Do not let the people die. And that's totally fine, right? That's where the feeling part of it comes into it a bit later on. So when we think about our future self and our future impossible goal, I want you to really think about what would that look like? What would that feel like? So when I'm 92 kilos, what am I thinking when I'm 92 kilos? Or maybe I'm thinking I'm lean, I'm strong, I'm committed, I'm disciplined. And I might be feeling proud that I made that happen, right? And maybe when I'm thinking and feeling I'm strong, I'm committed, I'm disciplined, and I'm feeling proud, I'm showing up, I'm going to the gym every day. I'm not eating off my food protocol. I'm treating my body with the love, the kindness, the compassion that it deserves. I'm going to the gym and I'm sticking to my plan. I've got no excuses. And the result is that I create this amazing result for myself that I'm 92 kilos. So that's my aspirational goal, right? And we wanna start playing with that and start tapping into that energy to be like, how can I show up today proud as if I've already achieved this goal? How can I trip my brain up through intentional thinking, knowing that I'm working towards this goal and start practicing as if I'm already there, cognitively, right? Obviously in my body I'm not, but cognitively it's totally optional, right? I can just choose to believe that I'm already there, that it's as good as done. I can start leaning into the energy that like, I am already strong, I am already lean, I am already disciplined, because I've put out a podcast for the last two years every week, right? We wanna try and find evidence to support the things that we wanna believe are true about ourselves before we've even done them. So if you're a student nurse and you're listening to this and you're thinking I'm never gonna be a graduate nurse, it's gonna make it much harder to make that a reality, right? I see it all the time in our graduate nurses. They come in and they're like, oh, I just don't think that I'm ready yet. If you continue to tell yourself you're ready, which is what you're telling yourself right now and you're thinking, you're not gonna feel ready ever. What if you flipped it and you were like, you know what, I know that I'm gonna be ready when I finish my degree. I know that I have what it takes to be a registered nurse and that thousands, if not hundreds, if not millions of people have come before me and they've achieved it. And there's evidence in the world that it can happen because it happened for them. So why would I think that it couldn't happen for me? Right. The way we think about our goals is so, so important. 
So thinking about where you are, thinking about where you want to be, and how can you start tapping into that and start just thinking from your future self? I like to do this in my business. I like to think about how I'm serving thousands of nurses all over the world. Even if there was only three of you listening to this, I would still be thinking that because it helps me tap into that energy. It helps me think about how can I serve people better. It makes me think about what are the issues that people need to know about. It helps me show up in a way that I am aligned with, that my future self is like, yes, Liam, show up, do it, commit, right? Instead of me being like, well, there's only three people listening, so maybe I should just quit. <laughs> there's more than three of you listening. But do you get where I'm going with that? So thinking is so important, Mother Goals. So think about where you are, think about where you want to be, and think a little bit more about how you can choose to think intentionally about your future self and bring that into the present moment. Now, the next step in the process of how to get shit done, one is faking it till you make it. Right? If I was to summarize that whole thing, it's fake it till you make it and convince your brain that you're already doing it and that you're there and you will get there much quicker, guaranteed. The other part of the thinking piece is once you've got that, where I am now, so what's my reality? And then what is my result that I want in the future? I want you to map it out on a bit of paper and in between, I want you to see the gap. And I want you to think about every micro step, every obstacle, everything that you need to do to think, to be, to embody, to be able to achieve that goal. So if we're back in my analogy with my weight, I'm gonna say, right, the first thing I need to do is I need to walk 10K steps every day, right? I need to also go to the gym and do strength training three times a week. I also need to go and do probably two cardio sessions. I work from home and I move from my bedroom to my other bedroom, so I probably need to be super conscious and think about and plan my days. I need to decide what I'm eating ahead of time. Because if I make the decision in the moment, I'm gonna go for the pizza, you know I am. <laughs> I love pizza so much, right? And then I'm gonna break it down into each micro step. I need to buy more protein powder, right? I need to do all of these things. I need to maybe stop going out to, uh, I don't know, the mall because I see the KFC and I want it, right? I'm just using that as an example. What does that look for you? What are the steps that you need to incorporate into your life? Make a full list of all of them and then we can start planning out how we're actually gonna tackle them. Because what most people do is they kind of look at where they are subconsciously and they look at where they wanna go and they're like, yeah, nah. <laughs> right? Yeah, nah, I don't think I can make that happen. It's not possible for me and they don't trust their capacity to have something bigger and greater than themselves. I want you to sit with the capacity, I want you to sit with the discomfort that thinking of this amazing goal brings to you, and then let your brain go there. Well, let's just play. Let's just get curious. What would it actually look like for me to achieve 92 kilos? What is every little step that I would need to do? Make that list, and then we can dive into questioning whether you actually want to make that happen and whether that aligns with your life and what you want to be doing. But the next step that I wanted to talk to you about today, which is planning. Now, we're all clinicians here. We're all super smart. We've all got great skills and knowledge around anatomy, physiology, all of the things, right? One thing that we're not so great at is using our understanding of the human brain to be able to plan our life, our goals, and all of the things ahead of time so that we optimize ourselves for success. Now, one great example of this in planning in healthcare is the time planner, right? The good old bloody time planner. I love myself a time planner. And it always makes me laugh when I hear nurses saying, I don't use a time planner. 
I've upgraded, I don't need that. Like, I got this. <laughs> you know that energy, like, on the wards? Like, yeah, I can do this. Like, have you met my brain? It's so awesome. And it might be my friend. It's all well and good until it isn't, right? And our brains can actually only handle so much, especially when we're under constant fight or flight, threat, stress, anxiety, fear, worry, which most nurses across most specialties spend a lot of time in day to day. It's kind of like a normal state in healthcare, unfortunately. Don't love it, but it's the reality. So what happens when our brain is under stress and we're under a lot of anxiety and pressure and fear and worry, we go into fight or flight mode and we lose our ability to plan. We lose our access to our prefrontal cortex, that front part of our brain that is a higher level executive function. So what this looks like in a nurse is a nurse says something like this to me, Liam, I'm really bad at planning. And I say, are you really bad at planning? Or is it just that you're working in a job where like it's really stressful and you don't have strategies in place and you're maybe not thinking it through completely because of all of these pressures and you're not setting yourself up for success and you're not tapping into your prefrontal cortex because it's not even available to you. Is that maybe what's going on, <laughs> right? And they look at me like totally confused. That is what's happening, my friend. It's the same in an interview. You go to the interview, you go in, you're not bad at interviewing, you're not bad at speaking in the moment, you're not bad at answering questions. You're a human with a human brain that in an interview thinks that it's absolutely in an unsafe environment and your brain has a little tizzy, it blocks access to your higher level thinking and therefore you're in fight or flight. And that's why when you leave the interview, all you think about is all of the things that you missed. Because all of a sudden, your guard that was up during the interview is now released. It's like the safeguards, right, on the medication machines, on the pumps. Your guard is released and like all of a sudden, you can access all of your experiences and all of your memories because you're no longer unsafe. The same thing applies to planning. Planning, okay? So when we go into our lives, into our goals, into our careers, and we don't have some form of plan, I know last week I said fuck planning, but planning is important when we're thinking about our goals, okay? Because we wanna plan ahead of time and use our highest version of our brain so that we can actually break it down into manageable chunks to make it happen. You with me? So one beautiful way of doing this, and by the way, if you don't use a time planner, get a blood bloody time planner. <laughs> I don't care if you've been a nurse for 50 years, use a time planner. Your brain is amazing, but sometimes it will trip us up. Give yourself the safety net of planning it out and cognitively deload your brain from all of the information that we need to carry around every day. I don't know about you, but when I start work and I'm there on the floor and it's 7.01 and already within one minute, I'm feeling the stress, the overwhelm, the fear, the worry, all of the things because 50 million bits of information have been thrown at me and I haven't even started handover yet. A bit of paper is my best friend. A time planner is my best friend. Whether or not I actually use it through the whole shift, I don't care. It's there, I've dumped it all out of my brain, I've cleaned some space up so that I can actually serve my patients and operate from the highest level of myself. So, what does it look like when you've done this? You've already, step one, thought about your goal, you've thought about what your future version of yourself thinks about the goal, and then you've created the steps in between. What would it take? We're reverse engineering it. You can even start at the other end and you can say, okay, I'm at 92 kilos, what did I do to get there? And you can reverse engineer each step. Now the planning becomes important because this is where you can start to really lay it out and see how actually it is really attainable. And you can start to utilize systems and processes to help you work towards your goal. 
So one thing that I like to talk about is using a calendar, using technology to its advantage, whether it's a habit tracker, a calendar, whatever that might be for you. I personally use like just G Calendar, Google Calendar, get in there and I want you to start consciously planning out your time off from work and your personal time and using the calendar very, very methodically to input all of these micro steps in the lead up to your goal. So let's say your goal is by the end of the first quarter of the year, so the end of March, I want to make sure that I've completed X, Y, and Z. The best way to do it is to sit down, create some space, grab a cuppa, create the right environment for yourself to really focus, right? Tap into your prefrontal cortex instead of your fight or flight, and then plan it out in your calendar. Put it in physically to your calendar and reverse engineer it. So I need to lose 10 kilos in the next three months. So that means I've got to go to the gym. So put the gym in, the times in as much as you can around your roster. Put in the times that you're going to eat. Maybe you're going to have a cutoff time that you're going to eat. All of the things, all of the little micro steps into your calendar. Now, some of you are like, how to the no, this sounds tedious and boring. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. But if you want to succeed and you want to achieve great things and you want to be a productive badass, this is how you get shit done. Okay. And the reason why a lot of people resist this planning and they resist the doing it ahead of time is because our brain wants us to be comfortable, safe, right? With no pain. But how's that serving us? How's it serving us to just like get to the end of the quarter and be like, well, I didn't achieve my goals, right? We can be, we are, we can be, we should be. It's totally optional for us to be in control all of the time. And we do that by planning into our calendars. So much like a time planner, you put it in there, and then when the time comes, funnily enough, you honor the calendar. You obey the calendar. It pops up on your Apple Watch and you're like, okay, I've got to do this. And I can tell you what's going to happen in that moment. You're not going to feel like doing it, right? You're not going to feel like going to the gym. You're not going to feel like doing the thing. You're not going to feel like meal prepping for the week. You're not going to feel like starting that side hustle. So I know some of you here want to start a side hustle. You've told me. You're not going to feel like doing any of that because it's not safe, comfortable, and it's not free of pain, cognitive pain, emotional pain. Putting everything into your calendar and planning leads beautifully into the next thing, which is feeling and allowing yourself to feel and experience the full spectrum of human emotion, okay? We have all been taught that it's bad in some way, shape or form to feel our feelings, to cry, to be vulnerable, to express anxiety, to be scared. We're told time and time again that we've got to just rein it in no one needs to see that. People think less of you if you demonstrate these qualities. That is not true, my friend. It is why, one of the main reasons why we have a burnout pandemic in healthcare, because we're not allowing each other to just express and feel in the moment the level of anxiety, stress, fear, worry that we are experiencing. And we're also not normalizing the fact that it's totally normal. It's 100% human. Nothing has gone wrong that when you are a graduate nurse, and you take your first graduate job that you feel imposter syndrome, that you feel lack of confidence, that you feel stress, worry, fear, anxiety, all in one, plus excitement at the same time. How can we normalize feeling the feelings that you're feeling? When you're a senior nurse and you take a promotion and you've never done it before, and you experience that transition shock, and you beat yourself up and you're hypercritical, right? And you've got all of these things going on in your brain and you're feeling all of the feelings, Similar to the graduate, how can we normalize that? How can we make sure that everybody knows and understands that you're not less than or worse than or, you know, missing something in your brain 
I often joke in coaching, like, you're not missing any chromosomes. Everything's fine. This is totally how it's supposed to be. How would your life change if you allowed yourself to just feel all of the feelings? I love thinking about feelings like this. A feeling is merely just a vibration in your body. It's just something that you experience in your body. It's a physical sensation. For me, it's often sweaty palms. I want you to think about what is it for you? It's sweaty palms for me. Sweaty feet is a bit gross, but sweaty feet, sweaty palms. I get a bit cool peripherally, right? I've probably got a bit of a delayed cap refill. I've definitely got a racing heart, maybe a frog in my throat, as I do right now as I say that, because I'm physically experiencing it right now. Like I get a little confused, maybe a little bit disorientated. Yeah, like that is the feeling for me in my body. That's what I'm feeling. Why is that a bad thing? It's just a physical sensation. The only reason that it becomes bad for us is because we assign the meaning to it that it's something's gone wrong. I like really want you to think about what if feeling that feeling was totally what you should have felt today. I was coaching a beautiful human this week and she's feeling imposter syndrome and, and low self-confidence and all of the things. And I'm like, what if that's totally normal? You just moved to a new job. Like, why are we using this to weaponize against ourselves? Why are we beating ourselves up with this shit? Like, it's totally normal to feel like an imposter and to have low confidence when you go into a new job. Expecting to feel the opposite is just setting yourself up for failure. What if you went in and you were like, I know I'm going to feel like such an imposter. Imagine you had fun with that, right? Oh my God, can't wait to be the imposter. Uh, The imposter's going to be there day one and I'm going to prepare for it ahead of time because I know it's coming and I'm not going to beat myself up because it arrived. And I'm not gonna be surprised. Like, why was imposter syndrome here? It was my first day. I mean, when you say it out loud, right, it's just ridiculous. It kind of is like, the brain, of course, that would happen, of course, right? So the reason why this is all very important to our goals and all very important to being a nurse, right? And to feeling our feelings is because one, we wanna burnout proof our career. It is possible for us to burnout proof our career and for us to be able to have that emotional flexibility and adaptability for us to feel whatever comes up in the moment and for us to just run with it, to experience it and to not make it mean that we've effed up, that we've stuffed up, that we've done something wrong, that maybe we're gonna get fired today, right? (laughs) Like if we can just allow ourselves to experience the feeling and not make it mean anything about us, we are winning my friend. I've said it before, I'll say it again, the worst thing that can happen for you in your life is a feeling. The worst thing, you'll feel a certain way. Most people fear humiliation, embarrassment, all of those things. What if you just looked at it like, oh, it's just a vibration in my body. Yeah, I was embarrassed. And then what? So what? I was embarrassed. Big deal. (laughs) Fine. Who cares? No one actually cares. You're the only person experiencing embarrassment. The people watching you are not embarrassed. They're probably like, oh, She handled that really well. Like no one else is having the same experience as you. So the reason why it's important when we're thinking about our goals and how to get shit done is because when you come to your calendar and you've done all of the thinking and you've mapped out your goals and you've broken down the steps and then you've planned it all beautifully out on your calendar, what's going to happen is you're going to be sitting somewhere on your day off or, you know, on your off shift time and you're going to be like, having a coffee and then your Apple Watch is gonna be like, gym time. And you're like, shit, a week ago, I planned to go to the gym at this time and I do not feel like going to the gym right now. And this is where our feelings matter. Because if you're somebody that wants to get shit done, it doesn't matter how you feel. You obey the calendar. You build self-discipline with yourself and commitment to what your prefrontal cortex, the highest part of your brain, told you to do three days ago when you planned it. Because you access the high part of your brain. So in this moment, of course, your primitive ego brain's like, no, no way, 
Hell to the no. And we just want to start challenging that primitive brain and being like, no, I made a commitment to myself. I'm going to go and do this, right? So this works beautifully for all of you that are overworkers that take extra shifts on a whim and then beat yourself up for it. Imagine you sit down at the start of your week and you're like, okay, prefrontal cortex, when this week can I openly accept extra shifts? Ah, Tuesday, I don't have anything on in the evening. And then I'm on a late on Wednesday, so that worked beautifully for me. And maybe I could do Friday. Imagine if you decided ahead of time, using your prefrontal cortex, that if the opportunity arises on Tuesday and Friday, you're going to take the shift. And any other day that the manager approaches you, gets on the knees and offers to buy you coffee for the next month, that you stick to your guns and you say, no, I've planned my week out. This is what I'm doing. Imagine how different your life would be. For those overworkers that have no boundaries, Think about implementing this. Think about creating some boundaries for yourself and think about honoring that and think about how you're gonna feel at the end of it. Imagine on the Wednesday when they say, do you wanna do a double and you say no, because you've got plans. You're gonna feel so much better about that because you decided on Monday when you weren't under the pressure that you weren't gonna do it. So you're committing to yourself and you give yourself a little pat on the back, okay? So when we're thinking about our feelings and how to get shit done, the feelings are going to come up in the moment and your brain's going to say, don't do it. And your job is to develop that emotional flexibility and to be like, no, I said last week I was going to do it. I said on Monday I was going to do it. And we get to work and we get it done. That, my friend, is how you get shit done that you don't want to do. There are many things in my business that I absolutely detest doing, but I have to get them done, right? So over the last two years and building this business and building my following and all of the things in the podcast, I've had to learn the skill of being flexible in my emotions, in looking at my calendar, which I'm staring at right now, and learning and refining and tweaking and tailoring the process, reverse engineering my goals so that my calendar becomes like God, right? The calendar becomes my guide because it's effectively me three days ago using the highest level of my brain. So it has my best interest at heart, my calendar. So you're going to feel resentment towards it. You're going to feel like you don't want to do it. But you commit to it and you go for it and you do it. And then at the end of the week, you go, oh my goodness, I've got all of this stuff done. You, my friend, if you employ this strategy, will never be more productive. And you can do the same at work. It's a similar principle, right? Time management, start your day, create yourself some space. If you're gifted that like 10 minutes before you go and see your patients, if you can, if they're not buzzing left, right and center, map out your day as best as you can, knowing that it's probably going to have to be flexible. And that when that flexibility happens and something happens and there's a met call, that you get an opportunity to practice emotional, you know, flexibility. Amazing. And then from there, tweak, tailor, adapt. You will get more done. I guarantee it. You've got a structure. You used your higher part of your brain, your prefrontal cortex. And your primitive brain is going to come along for the ride. And it's going to keep saying, you should just take a break now. And you're like, no, I said I'd take a break at 11. That's how it's working here today. Right? You're in control. It allows you to take all of your power back in a beautiful way. So how do we get shit done? We think intentionally, we plan, we use our prefrontal cortex and all of that amazing clinical knowledge that we have about the brain to use it to set ourselves up for success. And then through the process, we understand that we are going to feel the good and the bad. We're going to feel the highs and the lows. We're going to feel all of the things. And we're going to remind ourselves that like nothing's gone wrong here. And that this is totally normal for me to experience this. And that I don't have to make it mean that I've failed. This is part of the human experience. 
Life is 50-50. I love this concept. I don't know if I've taught it on here before. Life is 50-50. It's 50% good, it's 50% bad. That's just how it is. Imagine if you looked at every day in your life, your career, your goals. It's like, oh yeah, it was a 50-50 day to day for sure. It's 50% good or 50% bad. We don't have to indulge in like, it was, oh my God, it was 100% bad, right? There are good parts of our day always, even when it's an absolute shit show. <laughs> so I will leave you with that. Go, my friend, move forward, go and get shit done. Let me know on the socials what you think about this process. I'm thinking about dropping into the Facebook groups and teaching this and creating something. So let me know if you want that and I can factor all of that in. And it's a beautiful tool to use like every month, every week. I do it every week on a Sunday, plan out my whole week. And then I do it every month and I do it every quarter. So I know for the next three months what I'm doing. I don't leave it up to my primitive brain in the moment to decide because my primitive brain in the moment wants me to sit down with a glass of wine, a plate of cheese and biscuits, some beautiful olives from the market and wants me to watch Netflix, right? So you're in control, go and get shit done and I will see you in the next episode. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come and check out our High Performance Nursing Membership, my monthly coaching program where we take what we teach in this podcast and we take it to the next level to help you thrive as a high performance human and a nurse. Join us at liamcaswell.com forward slash HPNM. I would love to see you in there. I'll see you in coaching.